Welcome to the Wandering Bard Podcast. Hi, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. First, I'd like to thank the Newport News Harvest Fair for having me out for their three-day event. Uh, I've, I've done a bunch of festivals and fairs and things like that, and this one was pretty cool. Now, it was a little bit smaller than some of the other bigger ones that I've done, but it had a really great atmosphere. Everyone was really friendly. Sometimes they can go a little too far in the direction of trying to maintain a strict time period or enforce uh, costume rules or regulations to try and appear from a certain area or something to that effect. But this one really struck a great balance between uh, just kind of letting people have fun and a fantasy environment that people could have some kind of escape to. While I was down there, I actually shot a video for a, a single that I just recorded recently called The Galway Shaw. Now, it's not a song that I wrote. It's a tune that I stumbled across in a pub, actually. But I hired a videographer and we went to a stage on campus there and shot shot the video so I'm just kind of waiting for the editing to get back before I put that on the website and on YouTube I'm really excited to see how it turned out I've never really done something like that before so as promised uh, after the depressing song that I went over last week Anik Kuhn um, I'm gonna do something a little more lighthearted and cheerful today it's a tune that really puts me in a good mood pretty much whenever I hear it it's it's really hard to not kind of tap your foot to this tune that I'm going to go over, and it's called Wing Commander Donald McKenzie. And I'd heard it a bunch and didn't know really what it was and never really got the chance if I heard it in a session or something like that. And finally, I stumbled across a version. I was like, oh, man, that's that tune that I that I really like. And so I learned it, and I found that it's got a, a great little story that, that goes with it. It's written by a contemporary Scottish composer named Phil Cunningham, and I'm not sure if he's still alive, but he's got some other tunes that have crept into the repertoire at sessions and stuff like that, too. Uh, one of the other ones is called uh, Sad Eyes Waltz. It's really great if you get a chance to look that one up. But he's definitely someone who's on my list at some point to do a dive into and do a podcast completely dedicated to him. He's one of the more prolific contemporary Scottish composers of this genre of music. This is one of those tunes that's basically written in memorial or in honor and tribute to the person that it's named after. So basically, I'm going to tell you a lot about this man, Donald McKenzie. He really lived a fascinating life. Donald McKenzie was born March 19th in 1912 in Invergordon, Scotland, which is in the Highlands of Scotland near Inverness, if you're familiar with that is. Now, the Highlands of Scotland, they actually go pretty far. They take up like half the country. So you can be in the Highlands of Scotland and then you look and you see like, oh, wow, if I really want to see all the Highlands, I've, I've got a long ways to go still. So he's kind of right over the border, maybe uh, an hour or so, an hour or two uh, into the Highlands. He died on January 1st, 2004 in Tarland, Aberdeenshire, and he lived to 91. And he really had a full life. Donald McKenzie kind of lived a typical life that you think of when you think of a person in rural Scotland of this time. He was the only son of a Rothshire farmer, and he started working on the farm at the age of four. He was educated at a place called Invergordon Academy, but he left school in his mid-teens to work with his father. His father was a potato farmer, and he made most of his money by selling potatoes to England. 
he quickly became really good at breaking in and handling Clydesdale horses, so he was able to kind of make some money from that as well. And he was also uh, really good at judging plowing matches in the late 1920s and early 30s. He was apparently a bit of an athlete as well, and he won first place in the hammer-throwing competition at the inaugural Glenmorangie Highland Games. Eventually, though, the potato farming business took a hit because there were three disastrous crop harvests in a row, and so Donald eventually left to join the Royal Air Force in 1936, with the initial intent of becoming a navigator, but he eventually switched over and became a pilot. The aircraft that he was assigned to is something called the Avro Anson Light Patrol Bomber, which he flew for something called the Coastal Command Squadron. The Coastal Command was actually really important during World War II for defending British territory from German U-boats, but a lot of its accomplishments are apparently overshadowed by some of the other commands like the Fighter Command or the Bomber Command, which kind of was controversial because they ran offenses against German industry, which may have targeted parts of the civilian population. Donald spent most of his time with this initial station with the Coastal Command, but shortly after the outbreak of World War II, he was eventually assigned to the Middle East and was the commanding officer of a station in the Persian Gulf. While he was there, he actually flew 24 missions into North Africa, which qualified him for the Africa Star Campaign Medal. Between November 1944 and January 1945, he actually had two commands, one with the 172nd Squadron and one with the 547th Squadron, and he started flying a different kind of aircraft called the Liberator, which was an anti-submarine patrol bomber. Basically, his job here was he was flying anti-submarine missions into the Baltic, and on his first operation with the squadron, he actually found a 2,000-ton ship that he ended up attacking and sinking. This ended up earning him a Distinguished Flying Cross, which is an award awarded by the Royal Air Force for acts of valor, courage, or devotion to duty while flying in active operations against the enemy. I've got a copy of the citation for the award here, which I'm going to read now. It says, In order to make a successful attack, Wing Commander Mackenzie made two runs, coming down on the second run to 50 feet. He dropped his depth charges himself and obtained a perfect straddle. Wing Commander Mackenzie is an outstanding commanding officer. His enthusiasm and keenness are an inspiration to all ranks, and he displays a disregard for danger, which is universally admired. At the end of the war, Donald Mackenzie was given a new assignment, which was to transport troops home from the war. I can imagine this was a little bittersweet for someone who kind of spent their career as a Top Gun Maverick type. I can tell you from someone who spent many years of my own career as a tactical level soldier that when you get farther away from that and you become more operational or higher level big picture that you kind of always yearn to go back to that in the trenches type position, but you can kind of have a greater influence the higher up that you go. So you kind of have to keep this in mind when you're reflecting on your influence and your role and your meaning in the, the big picture of things. After his assignment bringing troops home from the war, he was given an assignment at the Royal Navy Staff College in Greenwich, which he was a navigation lecturer. Little did he know, though, his flying days weren't done. Eventually, at the height of the Korean War, he was given another command, the Far East Flying Boat Wing, which had squadrons in Singapore, Hong Kong, and Japan. He did a lot more operational time here and eventually qualified for three more medals. One was a General Service Medal, one United Nations Medal, and the Korean Medal. 
I couldn't find a whole lot on this part, but he was on some way involved with the secret atomic weapons trials in the northern Australia area. After this, he did a lot of ceremonial type stuff, kind of flying around royalty and doing things like doing a flyover in Singapore to mark the coronation of Queen Elizabeth. Donald's final assignment was at a place in Kinloss. Now, this was technically an administrative assignment, but never being one to rest on his laurels, he eventually flew uh, something called an Avro Shackletime Maritime Patroller, which was a, a new service aircraft. So he was able to add one more aircraft to the list of those that he had flown throughout his career. In 1957, Donald's father-in-law passed away, and even though he was waiting for a promotion at that time, he made the hard decision to retire from the Royal Air Force. He ended up taking over his father-in-law's farm and a butcher shop in Glasgow, the family also had a mansion in a place called Bathgate, which he ended up turning into a hotel. He continued public service even after he left the Royal Air Force, becoming president of the Royal Air Force Association in Glasgow, and he was also a civil defense coordinator for West Lothian. Donald Mackenzie did have a wife and family, and he actually met his wife when he was 13 and she was 12. And basically what happened was they met when... Her family was on holiday at a place called Bonner Bridge, but eventually they kind of stumbled across each other when he was assigned to a place called Sunderland down the road. And uh, they kind of remembered each other from the past and they fell in love. And they got married in 1938 and had four children, Rob, Hugh, Anna, and Ian. And his son Hugh actually became a Royal Air Force pilot as well and retired with the rank of squadron leader. If you go on some of the articles or the Wikipedia page that kind of talk about Donald McKenzie, you'll see him described as an airman and farmer. And I think that's really interesting. There's a quote that I really like that says, I'm a soldier so that my son can be a farmer so that his son can be a poet. And my wife actually got me a wallet for my birthday or anniversary or something like that a couple years ago that has this inscribed on it. So anytime I open my wallet for anything, I'm kind of reminded of this poem or this saying. Now, I haven't talked about this a lot in the podcast, but I am a full-time service member in the Maryland Army National Guard. And I kind of have a goal to live all three parts of this poem throughout my life. So when I'm done being a soldier or a service member, I kind of would like to retire to a farm or something like that and then eventually spend my days playing music or writing poetry. Maybe I'll skip the farmer part, but <laughs> anyway, Donald McKenzie, he kind of, you know, embodied this to, to some level. He maybe went the opposite direction, started as a farmer, became an airman. I don't know if he ever took up poetry or anything like that, but he does have a great tune named after him, which I'm going to play for you right now.
So there you go, Wing Commander Donald McKenzie. There's one more part of the story that I saved for last. It's actually my favorite part, and it's Phil Cunningham's recollection of the time that he spent with this man. I'm just going to read you the quote. Wing Commander Donald McKenzie was my landlord when I lived in Bathgate, just outside Glasgow, or halfway between Glasgow and Edinburgh. He was a real wing commander from the Royal Air Force. He came every day for a cup of tea, and we had biscuits called Bandit Biscuits. And every day, at one o'clock, I would give him one of these biscuits, for two years, and he never got the joke. Bandits at one o'clock. I explained the joke, and I left it in a little note on his coffin when they were burying him. I hope he reads it well. And I hope you heard this well. I'm a little torn between putting this episode out as is or trying to find more information and add to the story of Wing Commander Donald McKenzie, but I think what I'm going to do is just kind of leave it as it is and, and put it out like this in an effort to try and be more consistent. I read a quote the other day that I really liked. It's never let perfection get in the way of good enough, and I certainly have a habit of doing that. So uh, a bit of a short episode today, but I'm going to be doing these more frequently, I promise. I have a bunch more in the works, some great ideas. I was out at a little army reunion not too long ago, and I was telling one of my old uh, guys that I had served with about this project, and uh, he was actually from England. He had this great story, this massacre at Glencoe in Scotland, which was this old Highland tale of betrayal, and there's a song that goes with it. So I'm going to be doing that here soon. There's another one called Colum's Road, which is, uh, it, the story sounds so, so simple. It's just a, a man who built a road by himself, but the story, uh, it's really amazing. It's one of those things that sounds so simple, but when you start getting into it, it's a, a fascinating tale. The man was, it, it took him years and years and years and all his reasons behind doing it. So there's actually a whole book on it. So I'm going to read the book and then do a podcast on Colum's Road too, which is another Scottish tune. But anyway, thank you for joining me again this week. Please go on to Facebook, Brandon the Wandering Bard. Follow me on there. It's immensely helpful. I know it sounds silly to always be pushing these social media things and the podcast reviews. If you can do that, go on there. Give me some stars or show some love on there if you would feel so inclined. Uh, it takes seconds of your time sometimes, but it, it is really helpful from a business and growth perspective for people to do that. Finally, please be on the lookout for my video for Galway Shawl. I'm really excited for it. I'll, I'll tell the story of how I came across it. It's another great tale of adventure, so to speak, from some time traveling abroad in Ireland. And of course, as always, until next time, be bold, be kind, and safe travels wherever your wandering takes you.